What ends up happening is you create that dam, and then you've got a you've got a terrarium on the other For side sure. of that, right? You get you got this a beautiful new, little ecosystem. Yeah, in yeah. Welcome to the Ask an Audiologist podcast, real audiology white papers written by real audiologists and explained to you by a real audiologist and a guy who isn't. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Michael Squires and Kevin Zener. Welcome back to another brand new episode of Ask an Audiologist. I'm Kevin Zener. I'm Dr. Michael Squires. Whenever we talk about earwax, I, I get way too excited. Yeah, and and I think too. this is like... Dr. Michael and I's first time discussing yep. earwax. Yep. Um, this article was written by Dr. Kelly Noloff of Burkdale Audiology in Charlotte, North Carolina. So today we're, we're not really going to be talking about necessarily color or texture or density of earwax. No, instead we'll be discussing the smell oh, yeah. of earwax. So as I often do, <laughs> Dr. Michael, I want your best just generic earwax removal yep. story. And uh-huh. then if you have a smelly earwax story. I want to hear that too. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to kick off with that, huh? Go generic first, then go smelly. Then we can actually dive into it. But this is for my own personal fascination. Oh yeah. No problem. So I want to preface this by saying I'm all in on earwax. Love it. Like as an audiologist, I know some audiologists who are just not all in and they'll do it because it's part of it, but I'm all in. I asked uh, Dr. Jordan this, uh, do you, if you found your free time in between being married and having kids and working, would you be an audiologist that watches earwax removal? Yep. Okay. I would be. I would be the audiologist that does the earwax removal Got that it. other people are watching. Got it. Yeah. So I. I actually. And then you a, rewatch your own stuff. Yep. I have a serumen removal clinic. Um, yeah. I used to run it all day on Fridays. Okay. Uh, but now it's kind of mixed in with my schedule. But sure. yeah, I do it all the time. I love it. It's Amazing. so satisfying. Okay. I, I'm going to call it foreign body okay. instead of wax. Sure. Um, a tick. And I had a patient come in and go. Some something's just not right. Yeah. yeah. And I knew this patient. Um, personally. And okay. she said, is there any possible way you could just look in my ear? Yeah. I said, girlfriend, you got a tick in there. And it was, was it big? It was hanging on. Oh, yeah, yeah. She went yeah. camping. She went camping. And, uh, that's when the, she came home from camping, she brought a friend. That's where like, I don't know that I could ever graduate to foreign body in the ear removal, oh, yeah. but, but that is, Oh yeah. That's a yeah. lot. Ticks. Yeah. Q-tips, mm-hmm. batteries, hearing aid batteries. Batteries. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. I've taken I mean, those out before. I've, I've, I've obviously heard of spiders. Yep. I've heard of like baby cockroaches finding yeah. their oh, way yeah. in there. Like insects and ears seem to do really well together. They, they're hand in hand yeah. as friends. Oh, that's they not shouldn't good. Be. No, shouldn't they shouldn't be. No, they should not. That's what wax is for. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Okay. The, the grossest story. Yeah. Um, the smelliest, I, grossest story. Okay. So I have two. Trigger smell- warning for anybody yeah, listening. Like there's no visual, but. If your stomach turns, bear with me. I have two of them. Dr. Michael can craft a tail, so he yeah. will he will he will catapult you there. Yeah, here we go. I got my brushes ready. <laughs> oh, we're gonna Bob Ross this thing. Yes. So uh, one of them was in grad school. Okay. Um, so when I was, uh, I think I was in my uh, third year. So we were doing clinic clinic rotation okay. rotations, uh, and I was in a hospital setting, and uh, I had a. A, a young gentleman, probably around eight or nine years old. Okay. Mom didn't understand why he wasn't listening. Couldn't hear anything. He walked right in and sat in our chair and I s- smelled him coming in. Oh, uh, wow. He had green pus running down the sides of his face. Yeah. And I said, well, aye, we, aye. we think we found the problem yeah. before we even started. No kidding. Um, we, we bypassed diagnostics. We went straight to ear, ear nose, and throat. I yeah. mean, he had a raging bilateral, both ears, ear infection oh my um, to the nines, to the moon and back. Is that just medication? 
generally what they'll do is it depends. Is it if it's a viral infection okay. or a bacterial infection? Sometimes they can they can do like top topical powders or something like that that, that they spray in the ear it. if it's bacterial. Um, uh, sometimes antibiotics, something like that. Yeah, it okay. depends. It just depends sure. uh, on on what what's causing the issue. Um, now, number two, uh, I had a uh, an elderly patient, and uh, she she was clogged up. Uh-huh. We'll say it, we'll say it like that. She said, "I just this this ear has been bothering me. Um, her equilibrium was off, which okay. can happen with with wax occlusion. We'll talk about that here in a second too. But uh, she said, "I just need to get my ear cleaned. Yeah. <clears throat> Any pain, pressure? Yeah, just a little bit. It, a little bit of soreness um, coming from that side, which is always a red flag. Okay, you know, sometimes with a wax impaction, there can be soreness if they go digging around in there. Sure, but she said she hadn't. So." It looked pretty run of the mill when I, and I went for it and we, we removed that out and it was like tearing down a dam and having a river of just blood and pus coming aye, out, aye, coming aye, out aye. behind it. Yep. What was the, what was the actual diagnosis of what the issue was? Oh, it was a, it was another just raging ear infection. Yeah. Yeah. Rage. So <laughs> really, like how, really so bad ear how infection. How did it get, did, did, did the wax make that infection happen? Uh, Is that what happened? Not necessarily. And so, okay, so this is actually a great segue into what we're talking about today, right? Smelly earwax. So are we smelling the earwax? Because earwax itself typically doesn't have much of a smell, right? It it shouldn't have any more smell than, you know, just like any other. Well, because it's your own body, right? It's your your own oil and skin. Yes, it's exactly right. So there's a couple glands in the uh, the ear canal Mm -hmm. that produce earwax. So the the ear canal itself, a portion of the ear canal is skin on cartilage. The portion of it is skin on bone. And the transition between the two is where those those glands are found. And so what ends up happening is some combination, uh, and, and one of them is an oil gland, and one of them is uh, it produces this waxy substance, sure. right? So ear wax, mm-hmm. and the combination of those two things—that's what what produces our ear wax. Got it. For some patients, we just don't have a whole lot, and okay. for some patients, we have a whole lot, yeah. right? And I have patients that I clean their ears every three to four weeks. Wow. I see um, some patients every six months. I see some patients annually and it really just, and, and everything in between. Right. Um, and so for, for patients who have an overproduction of wax, sometimes that can get occluded. And even if it's not occluded, sometimes it can just hang out in the bottom of the ear canal. Mm. Now, what most people don't realize is if you Google the image of an ear canal, so if you just go to like ear canal anatomy, yeah. what you're going to find is a relatively, uh, is a picture of a relatively straight ear canal. Yeah. Every diagram that we have just shows like this, just very slight bend. Ear canals just are not made like that. Sure. Most ear canals have a have a pretty good bend in them, right. like an S shape. Okay, and so the reality is that that S shape is protective. It's to help keep moisture and water and things like that out of there. Mm-hmm. But like we know, there is something called swimmer's ear, mm. and what swimmer's ear is from is water getting around that S shape down to the near the eardrum, and just hanging out there, right? And so if we have wax that sits along the bottom of the ear canal, water gets over top of that wax and it provides like a little bit of a dam, right? And that water can't get back out. So it ends up just kind of sitting in there like a Petri dish. Um, It harbors bacteria and then we get a bacterial infection and most of the time, that's what you're smelling. Got it. Yep. Right. Kind of, kind of gross, right? Sure. But uh, you know, nonetheless, it's something that really needs to be treated. We see it a lot in kids who are mm-hmm. swimming a lot. Yeah. But quite honestly, I see it a lot in adults as well. Now, what the other thing that can happen is you're the environment in the ear. Yeah. It's not sterile, 
right? Right. And it's very warm. Yeah. It's very moist. Mm-hmm. So even even hearing aids sitting in there can help to, you know, you like an in-ear hearing aid, for example, something that fits down into the canal mm-hmm. will help to compact sure. some of that wax. Of course. Uh, so it needs to be monitored and removed regularly. Got it. Q-tips. It's like, it's like loading a muzzle loader, guys. We you're know just, it's bad news. You're just packing it down in there. And what ends up happening is you create that dam, and then you've got a you've got a terrarium on the other For side sure. of that, right? You get you got this a beautiful mo- little ecosystem. Yeah, in yeah. You get this moist environment and it's, it's just ripe for bacterial growth. So oftentimes smelly wax yeah. is wax plus something else. So there's no, I mean, smelly wax is obviously just different than normal wax because it's smelly and it could be yeah. for a myriad of issues, but there's no the difference in the extraction of that smelly ear wax for the most part. Well, there can be depending okay. on depending on the severity of of the infection, sure. right? If we look in an ear and we can tell that it's really infected mm-hmm. and really angry, the ear canal is going to be really red. Um, if they went in there with a, a, a Q-tip thinking that they're going to clean things out and yeah. make it all better, they could have scratched the ear canal. Yeah. They go in there with uh, patients go in there with everything, keys, paper clips, uh, fingernails, yeah. you know, you name it. I, we, I've heard it or seen it. Yeah. And so what you end up doing is creating a, a, a scratch or laceration sure. in the ear canal, which is just begging for a, a, an infection. Yeah. Right. So, Typically, though, you would still use a curette or like an irrigator or the alligator. What do they call those things? Yeah, yep, like alligator pinchers. Yeah, or that's the scientific. Yeah, I think that's the that's what they teach you first day AUD school. And these are alligator pinchers. Yep. But but assuming that there's nothing out like out, an outlier uh, that's different, you would still somewhat treat it the same way. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, if there's wax in there that's going going to be problematic or is problematic, I'm gonna go in the same way and I'm gonna remove it very carefully. Yeah. Um, I learned my lesson on that, uh, breaking that dam no, that kidding. one time. Yeah. Very carefully. And, and also you want to really monitor the patient's comfort level yeah. there. Um, so the age of the wax can be determined by the, by the color oh, wow. as the wax is in the ear longer and longer. It's going to get darker and darker as it dries out and ages. And what happens when it dries out? I've seen it black as onyx wow. and hard as glass. Wow. And so you, you go in there and you try to take that out and you can actually create Cuts in the ear canal mm. because the the edges of that wax so are so hard. sharp. And I mean, years it's been in there. Wow. So you have to just be really, really careful and mindful. And as an audiologist, I see it all the time. So I kind of know what I'm looking at and what sure. I'm doing and how to approach it. But yep, all the above. You just take it out the same way, being very careful to monitor for those uh, um, ear infections yeah. and, and patient comfort. Yep. Well, you know, it's going to be a great episode when earwax is on the menu. You know um, it. Uh, on por- the menu. Maybe a poor cool. choice of words. So <laughs> if you want to learn more about earwax or anything else audiology related, you know what to do. Go to askanaudiologist.com. Dr. Michael, excellent stories. Excellent yeah. job today. Thank Thanks. you. Yeah. On the menu. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. You can find more information at askanaudiologist.com. And you can follow us on all our social channels at askanaudiologist. The information provided on this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. The age-old question, why did a ball of wax fall out of my ear? (laughs) Something that we have all asked ourselves and our friends and our families before. Because your ear is doing what it should be doing. Thank you guys so much. That's a wonderful episode. Bye. Bye. (laughs) See ya. Yep.